Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get even softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code RESTful15. So head to bollnbranch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I have recorded live. Hello, and welcome. This is Brooke Volk, your host and assistant writer to Ken Vernon, the inspired author of the ebook Revelation of Revelation, A Total Fraud. What you're about to hear on another episode here on the talk show format, Revelation of Revelation, has never before been revealed before now in this audio format. Listen in as we introduce the program this evening on this one-of-a-kind program where it is the scriptures that speak the truth through the in-depth scripture studies of Ken Vernon. Visit our website, revelationofrevelation.com. If you haven't already, you can place your order for your ebook from our website or go to Amazon or Barnes & Noble, uh, other book sites as well. Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud. And now the author, Ken Vernon, and this evening's Revealed Truth Explained. I do want to say hello to Ken, but I also would like to start out where we left off last week, and this is a continuation of the questions and answers. And by chance, last week we mentioned about this hell, H-E-L-L, again, it's a topic in most men's traditional religious uh, quarters, and it's talked about often, and it's the opposite to heaven, and there is the devil, and all of that stuff. Well, I would like to add that in my reading, and various other people out there that uh, are questioning the scriptures and the validity of those scriptures by the men who wrote them, the devil is a fictional character, says this person, made up and perpetuated by insecure humans who wanted to control other insecure humans. There's a lot of power in fear, isn't there? There shouldn't be, because really, what fear is, is powerless. If you understand, as this person does, you would never fashion such fiction about the devil that's not anywhere near what we as individuals were created by our Creator to be well-being and the flowing pure and positive energy, and that is from your source. So with that, good evening, Ken, and take it away. Good evening, Brooke, and I will. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us tonight. This is indeed a one-of-a-kind program where we do not have a captive audience. Anyone who joins this program is free to ask any question, any question at all about the topic at hand or any other biblical matter or question that they might have in mind. So if there are no questions, I will begin by continuing where Brooke left off just a few minutes ago. 
We have no questions, I take it. Let's go back to what Brooke just said. The devil was a creation of someone with an agenda to de- to indulge in fear-mongering to control other people. The gentleman who called the devil a fictitious character in that article was partially right, even though the devil is not a fictitious character, but he was He is used by mainstream religion today in a very sinister way. For example, for more than a millennia, the Christian churches have taught their members that when one dies, if he is good, he or she is good, you're heaven bound. If you're evil, you're going to hell. But, not too long ago, the major Christian denomination also had within that picture, within that system, a place called purgatory, where for a sum of money, if you feel that one of your relatives either violated some major church rule or was a real no good so-and-so, that person might be in purgatory. And in order to get that person out of purgatory, you would go to a priest, and for a sum of money, don't know exactly the number, but for a tidy sum, your friend or relative would be removed from purgatory and sent on to heaven if you have the money. You don't hear it today, but it wasn't long ago until that church discontinued teaching people about purgatory. They never, however, ceased to teach people that there is a heaven and a hell involved in this life when it comes to your death. That doctrine that is extant in all the Christian churches in this world, except for a mere handful, if that many, cannot be found written anywhere in the scriptures. You can send us an email, and we will send you articles showing you that the story of Lazarus and the rich man is a fraudulent work, it has nothing to do with reality. It was, an, it was and still is one of the fraudulent passages that's, that can be found in your English translation of the Hebrew Scriptures. And in mentioning Hebrew, I would like to add to my program tonight a bit of information for those who are new to the Bible or new to this broadcast. We try to remind everyone that the Bible, or the scriptures, if you will, is in fact a Hebrew event. It is not Christian. It is not Gentile. 
It is not Islam. It is not Muslim. It is not any religion tied to anyone else in this world except the children of Israel who were sent into the promised land many millennia ago. So when you find in your English translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, always be aware that there are people who unwittingly or wittingly defrauded and tampered with Scriptures, not only by altering them, but by adding passages of their own. For example, in the New Testament writings, there's a story about Lazarus and a rich man, a beggar named Lazarus, who ate the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. It seems this poor man was really poor. The dogs were also on the floor with this rich man when they all scrambled for the food that was there on the floor. The narrative goes on to tell us that this beggar died and he was carried by angels to a place called Abraham's bosom. I'll take you through the narrative and then I'll come back and show you that this is a total fraud. Later, supposedly, the rich man died. He was buried, but somehow he found himself in a place where it was very hot. But he was able to communicate with Abraham, who was in some other place, and that place was called Abraham's bosom, according to this narrative. And the rich man, being in this place, torment, this hellish place, asked that Lazarus would come and bring him a little water so that he would be refreshed. That is the scripture in your New Testament, which is a total fraud, which has been used for millennia by ministers in the Christian community, by the largest Christian denomination, as well as, as, well as many others in that group. They are That passage is contrary to everything in the scriptures. For example, there is no place called Abraham's bosom where anyone goes when they die. There is no place where it's hot like hell that anyone goes when they die. The scripture says, it is appointed unto all men once to die. After death comes judgment. When you are resurrected, that is judgment day, not before, not upon your death, but upon your resurrection. And it comes by appointment. <coughs> Excuse me. The scriptures also tell us that as in Adam, all die. But in Messiah, the same all will be made alive. Those two passages of scriptures go together. They do not contradict one another. 
<coughs> excuse me, they prove that if you follow the Messiah's instructions to continue in his word, you will come to the place of the knowledge of the truth. Excuse me. <coughs> Tough time to get a, an itch in the throat. Anyway, let me continue. More scriptures to show you that the Lazarus and Richmond narrative is nothing but a hoax. In the book of Job, chapter 14 and verse 14, Job writes, or well, the writer in the book of Job brings us this information. If a man die, shall he live again? The answer is in the next verse, and it goes as follows. All the days of my appointed time, I will wait till my change comes. You will have a desire to the work of your hands. You will call, and I will answer you. In total harmony with Hebrews 9.27 that says, It is appointed unto all men once to die, and after death, comes judgment. Some more scriptures to reinforce that. From Ecclesiastes, here is what Solomon wrote. He said, I said in my heart concerning the estate of the sons of men, that God might manifest them, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them all. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yes, they have all one breath, so that man, a man, has no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. Once again, scriptures in total harmony with scriptures. All go on to one place, he says in the next verse. All are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Everyone remembers from Genesis 3.19, where Adam and Eve were told. Adam was told, dust you are, and on to dust you shall return. Again, total harmony. When you die, you go to your grave, nothing happens. You simply decay, you turn to dust. Another passage of scripture tells us from Ecclesiastes that the dust returned to the, to the earth from which it was taken, and the spirit returns to the creator who gave it. Operative word there is return. All human life is given a spirit upon all birth, or at some point prior to a birth, during our journey or stay in the womb. I am not sure which, but it doesn't matter. The scriptures clearly says that there is a spirit in man that gives him intellect or knowledge. That spirit returns to the Creator when we die. That is a spirit that keeps a record of our life. Remember, it is something that existed with our Creator before our birth. Not after our birth, but before our birth. So that it is with us for 
the duration of our life, and then it returns to the Creator who gave it. Another scripture from the Psalms tells us that man's breath goes forth, he returns to his earth, in that very day his thoughts perish. Another scripture from Ecclesiastes tells us that the living know that they shall die, but the dead knows not anything. How can so many passages of scripture be changed or thought to be changed by the people who wrote that nonsense narrative of Lazarus and rich men? The Apostle Shaul, most people call him Saul or Paul, had this to say to the church in Corinth. If the dead rise not, eat and drink, for tomorrow you die. This life hangs on the resurrection of the dead. For any good to come out of this life that we have lived, and it doesn't matter whether you are good, you are bad, or you are someplace in between. This is about the resurrection of the dead. Let's look at a prime example that was given to us in the New Testament when the, cre when the Creator, who died on the cross for our sins, prior to his death, just before he died, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The same spirit that's given to every human being who walks the face of this earth. He said those words, and he died. He was taken down from that cross by his people. He was put in a grave where he, wait, he awaited the resurrection of the dead. Notice, he did not go to hell. He did not go to heaven. He did not go to a place that was very hot. Neither did he go to Abraham's bosom. He went into his tomb where he waited three days and three nights. The New Testament clearly teaches that. No and buts or in between. Let's look at another scripture. In Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, and I'll read that for you, because it's one of those striking passages. And it says, Ecclesiastes 9, and verse... Five. For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more a reward, for the memory of them is forgotten. Verse 10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, no knowledge, no wisdom, in the grave, whither thou goest. You see, the scriptures clearly tell us over and over and over. We go to the grave. We have no knowledge while we are in the grave. We go back to dust. The spirit returns to our creator. And those who tell us otherwise, or try to tell us otherwise, who bring us these faulty lines from from Greek poets about a hot a place that's very hot called hell where Satan reigns supreme. 
he and his demons. Once again, from Ecclesiastes chapter 12, it says, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Again, scripture after scripture clearly points us to the resurrection of the dead and the fact that when we die, we are in our graves and we know nothing. Have you ever heard someone say, Oh, so-and-so is up in heaven looking down at us right now? What nonsense. But it comforts some people to think that their relatives are someplace in heaven and they have somehow developed this incredible power from wherever the throne is in heaven, perhaps millions of miles. They can see what we are doing on this earth. Can you imagine a dead parent looking down at their children doing rotten things as well as good things and not being able to influence them in any way? just looking down and suffering through all the evil deeds that all the children do right before their eyes. The people who teach those things, who indulge in those things, don't stop to look completely through the things that they are saying. It makes no sense for someone, a dead relative, looking at us from wherever they are, unable to help us when we get into trouble or even prevent us from getting into trouble. When you're dead, the scripture clearly tells us that the dead knows not anything. From Genesis, again we are told, dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. And at this point, we have about 10 minutes. If we have some questions, Brooke would like to... Brooke, that you read... Hi, Ken. I uh, did have some guests that come in and out, and there are no questions asked at this time. I just want to say that whenever people know that the spirit then goes back to him who gave it, where that spirit is, is not in heaven. Uh, Let me rephrase that. Ken can expound on this. No man has entered into heaven. Go ahead with that, would you please, Ken? No man has entered into heaven. So that should clearly say that you don't have uh, that throne up there with people sitting in the right and the left hand at this time. And scriptures clearly state that, speaking the truth of scriptures, to explain it, here's Ken. Okay. And John, in verse 13, said, No man ascended heaven, except the Son of Man heaven. Here we have the Creator Himself telling that no man to heaven. You will find passages in your New Testament which purports, as well as the Old Testament, are you ready for this? That Enoch and Elijah are not dead there in heaven. The Messiah, who came down from heaven, who lived among his people, the word, if you will, 
says that no man has ascended to heaven. When he made that remark, we were hundreds and hundreds of years away from Enoch and Elijah. Genesis tells us that all the years of Enoch were 365 and he died. Then the people who would purposefully distort and plant false passages in your Bible tells us that he was translated so that he should not see death, even though the scriptures clearly tell us that it is appointed unto all men once to die. After death comes judgment. But those, those lines in the book of Genesis that says Enoch was translated was put there by the people who try to bring you that fear-mongering that Brooks spoke about from that writer at the beginning of the program. Here's another. Elijah was taken up from this earth in a whirlwind. He didn't go to heaven. If the people who made that fraudulent statement that Enoch and Elijah are not dead would go back and read Chronicles after reading Second Kings, they will discover that in Elijah, who was taken up in a whirlwind, was still here on this earth because he sent a letter to the king's son who was on the throne later, after he departed in a whirlwind. No one tells us that nowhere in the scriptures do we know exactly when Elijah died. But since we know that the book says that we are dust, and unto dust we shall return, we know that both Enoch and Elijah died. Genesis clearly tells us that all the years of Enoch were 365. If your years come to an end, so does your life. The fraudulent passages that these people have put into your Bible, just as they put the tree of life in Genesis in the Garden of Eden, there is no tree of life. Absolutely no tree of life. It is a fraudulent bit that's been put into your Bible, and everyone has fallen from it. In other words, there's a fruit from a tree, according to that passage, and if one eats it, one can have eternal life in the flesh. The scriptures clearly tell us that flesh and blood cannot inherit eternity. You must be born again, Messiah told his disciples, of spirit and of water. You must have a new composition. You can no longer be the dust of the ground. The Apostle Shaul told the church in Corinth. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, as in dead, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this mortal must put on immortality. This, this corruptible must put on incorruption. Over and over and over the scriptures tells us that when we die, we are nothing. Yours, Thank bro. you, Ken. We have a couple guests on. They are on by phone. If you would like to speak up and ask Ken a question, please do. 
We have Central North Carolina on with us and also Eastern Maryland. You do have a phone hookup and you can speak if you like. Go ahead. Let me remind everybody that our programs are archived immediately after this program is aired live on the talk show format. Let me say also that if you're new to this program and wonder what we are about, attend or go to our revelationofrevelation.com website. If you are drawn to this program, let it be known that you've stuck around for a while and you have an interest in learning more about what this is. It is scriptures, teaching the truth of scriptures, almost like coded books that you saw movies made out of. The Scripture clearly states that in the end of the ages, information will run wild or rampant, and we, as a people, can understand that fully now. After we've been immersed with the Internet for 15 or 20 or so years, some of you longer, just how instantaneous information is around the globe. And there are scriptures that say that the ordinary folks will be given this knowledge that confounds the mighty. And we're not special in any way. We are not asking for money and tithes and offerings. This is about simply giving you the extra knowledge that you can research yourself. When scripture is talked about in any of our archived programs, you can go to your Bibles and you can see the error And many of you have probably already felt in your own hearts and conscience that something is missing in your spiritual life. And that's basically what tripped the scales, so to speak, for me many years ago in the traditional sense. Something was missing. You know what I did? I asked. I asked for simplicity. Asked for simplicity over and over again. And this is something that... Ken and I have been trying to say in a way that is compatible with understanding that we did not come together with his intention. I've known Ken for 25 plus years, and it wasn't until the last three or four years that uh, he was inspired. And when we first spoke, and there's been years of uh, writing and memos and actual jotting down the scriptures and making newsletters available. And then this year, 2015, marks the 20, well, 2015 marks the debut of the professionally published ebook and also the paperback version. Ken, just in follow-up then and saying our good nights, I do want to say that we appreciate our guests tonight. If you need to, questions answered anytime, you just simply write to Ken, and that is, Ken, go ahead. Give us your email address and wrap up the program for yes, this you, evening. You can go to Vergetti at uponline.net, or you can go to our blog at the website ask us any questions you like. We will be thorough, be dismissive, we won't be brief. We will do full-blown articles, questions, which already a website that now exists in the hands 
book publisher actually been on the internet since 2012. So we are not, we've been out there a few years. You will answer your question. That's Vergetti, B E R G E D I. Vergetti at Opt Online, O P T O N L I N E dot net. Vergetti at optonline.net, revelationofrevelation.com. We look forward to your continued participation and upcoming episodes. Do tune in again for our next episode of Revelation of Revelation, a total fraud. This is Brooke Volk, assistant writer to Ken Vernon, bidding you a good evening. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.